Hello. Hello everyone and welcome back to the 16th episode of the Sport of Love podcast. And today I have a woman I interviewed back in February, I think, uh, back on the IG Lives. And I said I better bring her back because she has a fight coming up in four weeks and uh, I just want to talk about that. And I think she's a very interesting woman. So without further ado, it's MMA fighter, Danny. Welcome on, Danny. Hey, Mark. How are you? Thanks for having me on. No bother. So obviously, uh, I want to talk about your fight coming up in four weeks. But uh, just tell me, was sport a big thing in your household? And then we'll move on to the state of Danny Nealon in MMA. Yeah, perfect. Um, so no sport wasn't a big thing in my household at all. Um, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin, and uh, I suppose the main thing we did was just work really hard. Um, so I did a bit of Kamobi and GA and the likes in primary school, but I wasn't particularly good. I um, was always brought in back to um, just take people out of it basically and uh, from there I went on and uh, rode horses for years so I was horse mad and pony mad from from a young age so I think kind of the GA and the camogie just disappeared uh, when I became a teenager because I was taking the horses so seriously so um, I, I rode for years uh, and worked in the car and horse racing till I was uh, 24 or 25. And it was only at that point that um, I, I even knew what MMA was, to be honest. So that was uh, my main sport for, for most of uh, my first quarter of life. <laughs> and how did you like stumble upon MMA or how did you get into it? Like? Yeah, so um, I was kind of coming to a crossroads with the horses. I um, had a bad year a bad run of it with them and uh, I was getting you know just really disheartened and fatigued with it all and um, I decided I needed a clean break from it so I was um, getting rid of everything horse wise and selling up basically and um, didn't really know what I was going to do Um I was just qualifying that year as a physio I was just finished college as well so I knew I was probably going to have to have a grown-up job uh, soon and didn't really know what, what I was going to do with all my extra time because the horses used to take up hours and hours of, of my time. So um, I went on Tinder to find myself a man to fix all my problems. And uh, when I was on Tinder, I actually swiped a fighter, um, an MMA fighter who's now my teammate in Dublin, would you believe? And um, he told me about Conor McGregor and John Kavna and about MMA and what it was. And honestly, that was the first time I'd heard about it. Um, I, I hadn't a clue. I think I had vaguely seen Connor on, on the Late Late Show or something, but um, hadn't a clue. And it just really interested me because um, with the horses, the big difficulty was you were only as good as, uh, you know, what, what you were on. So um, I liked the idea that this would just be me. It wouldn't be me and a horse. And uh, there'd be no team either, because I'm not really into uh, relying on other people or an animal anymore. So I, I just really liked 
the idea of going to a cage and me versus another girl the same weight I just really interested me so about a week later I joined a, a martial arts gym in Nice uh, close to where I was living and um, I didn't look back after that basically it just kind of skyrocketed took off that was uh, seven years ago this January coming so I suppose I'm six and a half years in now yeah like so hopefully you'll be four now now come the 25th of July uh, you're fighting Katrina Delista uh, I don't know if I said that right no, you did a pretty good job actually <laughs> in Germany and yeah. I have no doubt like uh, I'm actually I'm actually yet to watch one of your fights but I'm definitely going to watch this one like um, uh, so hopefully well no, not hopefully, sorry. I know you'll definitely do the job. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be on YouTube. The fight is going to be streamed um, because it's I'm on the prelims as far as I know. Well, I just seen on Instagram yesterday, they put up that you it was going to be on YouTube, that fight. So hopefully they stick to their word and people don't have to pay for it. Um, and I'll share the link uh, a day or two before the fight just so you can just click into YouTube basically. And um, I'll have a rough time. I'll be on. So it's always good to be on YouTube and not be on the main card um, for people at home to be able to watch. But obviously, um, in the future, hopefully I'll be on main cards uh, where you get paid more money. <laughs> yeah, um, I have no doubt you will. Um, I, I, you put in serious amount of hours of training. So I have no doubt that that training will only lead to good things. Like, Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really confident with this fight. Um, my last two opponents were pretty tough girls, and I, um, I was confident I was going to win them fights, but I knew they were going to be really hard. And I think that was the best thing ever was to have hard fights because uh, I've got a lot of confidence from that. And I feel like... If I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'm gonna keep winning because it's been working. So um and, and since I fought last, I've improved so much. You know, I wish I've had two fights since my last fight, to be honest, because I feel like I've done so much training. I could have fought a lot of times this year already, but I just didn't have the opportunity. So um I'm excited to like show all my improvements in different areas um, and, and hopefully get a stoppage in this fight. But uh, look, I'm planning on the three rounds anyway, but um, if I see a, an opportunity to get a stoppage, I, I'm going to take it. And because of COVID, like, um, does that mean that it wasn't an opportunity to fight or that the fights fell through a lot? Yeah, so um, COVID like um, affected, I suppose, every fight promotion. Um, you know, even in the UFC, the European fighters were affected because uh, until unless they could get on Fight Island, and Fight Island didn't happen for months. So um, my promotion that I'm signed with is Bellator, and uh, since COVID, they've only come to Europe once during the pandemic, and I suppose for them to come to Europe out of their American audience, 
they have to sell arenas and that's the big thing so they've got a huge uh, american audience but the american audience doesn't always watch the european events so when they come over they have to put bums on seats basically and uh, they haven't been able to do that since since covid so they did give us a show in september behind closed doors but the show cost an awful lot of money um, and you know mightn't have necessarily made them a lot of money so they're holding back for another few months till the end of the year until there's an arena opened to get us going so um you know they have said that we can fight outside of our contract um and that we're still i'm still signed with them so it doesn't count for any of my fights with them so since i heard that news i was hustling the last few months trying to get on anything and then there was words that Bellator were going to come back in the summer so then I stopped hustling for a few weeks waiting for that and then that fell through so it's been fight after fight I've been looking for for months now and lots of people uh, pulled out and, and didn't want to take the fight so finally I have an opponent and a fight not on my own promotion but it's a fight anyway and it's another win on the record so that's what i want um and i asked you this question in our other interview back in february and you explained it perfectly to me so now i understand but uh people at home mightn't understand uh what's the difference between bellator and mma uh, or ufc sorry uh, yes yeah, so basically LMA is the sport, first of all. So if anyone ever comes up to you and says, do you train UFC? That's like saying, do you train the premiership? So it's the same kind of thing. And um, so MMA is the sport. And then in fighting, so in boxing is, is similar to MMA, there's promotions. So in boxing, there's like Showtime. And now there's Thriller, you know, where the Jake Paul and Logan Paul lads are. So them, them fools, um, I know they're not fools, they're making lots of money, so fair play to them, I, I say good luck to you. But um, basically there's loads of promotions that um, hire in or uh, give contracts to fighters and so that you're with that particular promotion and you're only allowed to fight for them. So if they sign you, you're with them, you do MMA uh, on their show. So the UFC is... I suppose the the biggest one in the world um you know it's, it's definitely got the, the best talent in the world and then after that comes bellator one fc um and i suppose maybe there's other a few other smaller ones um cage warriors and uh ksw is a polish one that's actually really really does well so everyone kind of wants to end up in the ufc but not everyone gets that opportunity. So there's lots of other shows um, to, to go on on your journey as such. Uh, and some people never get to the UFC in the end. Like they don't, they don't all end up like Conor McGregor, two-time champ. So um, we uh, I, I'm on Bellator at the moment. And Bellator are quite a lucrative promotion. And they pay really well and look after us really well. So I'll be with them for the foreseeable. Um, but then at some point, uh, I, I'm not sure what will happen because I don't have a division in Bellator. So there's no belt for me uh, to become a world champion for them. They don't have my division. So they just give me fights because they, they think I'm exciting, but not uh, necessarily to make me a champion. 
So I will eventually have to leave if they don't give me an opportunity to become a champion because I get that's what all fighters want is to be a champion of any, of any promotion. Yeah, um, and like I have no doubt uh, if you keep going the way you are, the way you are, you will eventually become a a champion of your division. I think you're strawweight. If I'm right. Yeah, I'm a strawweight. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I have no doubt. Like, um, if you keep winning, um, you'll definitely be a champion. Um, like Conor McGregor. Um, yeah, thank you. And I see, uh, lately you've been doing a lot of sessions with the uh, up and coming cadets, if I might. Yeah, yeah, with the Irish team. So, um, we, um, I suppose I got asked, uh, was, was I interested in coaching the cadets? So they're 12 to 17 um, for the um, Cadet World Championship, MMA World Championship. It's called IMAF World Championships. So uh, about two months ago, we did the, the selection for the team and we did trials. And uh, myself and another couple of coaches are involved um, in that. So we train them every weekend now, between now and, and, and the, the World Championships. So that's in Bulgaria a week after my fight. So um, it's going to be a, a busy few weeks between cutting weight and me training and getting the sparring in and then training them as well and getting them prepared and ready to go. So we've got 27 cadets going over to represent Ireland. So it's really exciting. It's a big team and there's a good few there that are in with a good shot for a gold medal, I think, or even in, in the medals anyway. So it's exciting. And it's great that you have like the opportunity to maybe bring up the next generation of UFC or champions like yeah absolutely like when i look at these kids because literally some of them are just kids their skill level is sick and uh, to think i only started the sport when i was 25 and these kids are some of them started when they're five and um, you know mma is a new sport it hasn't been around for a lot long time and by the time i'm long retired these kids are going to be like a whole new level of talent um, and we'll be looking back going, thank God we weren't in their generation because they're just, they're, they're class. Um, and I think it's good because when you become a fighter yourself uh, or any athlete, I suppose, any competitor, you can just get very caught up in yourself and uh, your own journey. And uh, I don't think it's always that fulfilling to just be interested in yourself. Like I'm finding it very rewarding helping the kids um, more so than even helping myself, to be honest. So um, I've got a new lease of life uh, with this this cadet team. They have me, uh, you know, really, really enjoying it. Yeah, um, that's, that's good. Like, um, it's, it's good that you're enjoying teaching the next generation and stuff like that. Um, and I see you have two lovely dogs that you <laughs> that, yeah. that, that are pretty much your children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's one here. Yeah, I'll pick one of them up. I won't get the other one because you just want a cat pick up. Is this one? Judging by Instagram, yeah. <laughs> She's famous. Yeah, yeah. You, you treat them like your children. 
Yeah, the two dogs are literally, uh, they, they run, rule the roost. So every day is decided on when the dogs are going for walks and runs and whatever else. So they do a lot of uh, training themselves. And uh, sometimes I wouldn't be meant to go, I'm not meant to go for a run on a particular day, but if the dogs are up for a run, then I end up going with them. So uh, they, they definitely... Uh, keep us entertained so they do um, I don't know we'd be lost without them to be honest Jesus they give us loads loads to be talking about that's what dogs do um, yeah, yeah um, and like what would be your plan now we're looking to 2022 uh, like would you be planning how many fights would you want to be having within the next year like so after this fight, realistically, I'll probably only get one more this year. So two fights this year. I'd love to get three, but, um, you know, I just don't know what's happening with Bellator. So just going to have to wait and see. Uh, so I'm hoping to be five and all at the end of this year. And then my contract is actually meant to be up next April with them. So um, time-wise, even though I haven't gotten all the fights in. So I think... Time things will be very different. So if if I don't get an opportunity to get a division in Bellator for me and have an opportunity to be a world champion there, then I'll have to move on. So um for now, the only thing I can control is to keep winning. If I keep winning and I'm five and oh, I'm in a really good position to say that to Bellator or to to move on to someone else and someone else to take me. So um I'm excited to see next year. I think a lot of things will change and the ball will be really rolling then. Yeah, like, I, I'm just excited to, like, as I said, have much fun of your fights ever. So <laughs> I'm just really excited now for the 25th of July just to see all your skills and stuff like that. Like, Brilliant. Um, I think it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, well, one thing's for sure, all my fights are always entertaining. There's always some drama of some sort in it. There's usually, like, blood, and even though I shouldn't be saying that because it makes MMA sound awful, but there's usually, like, a cut or an elbow or, the, or something. So that there's always plenty of punches thrown and lots of wrestling in my fights. So there's lots to watch. Um, and, like, what's your favorite part of like do you like wrestling boxing or wash like so i suppose if you're when you're boxing or kickboxing in an mma fight if you're much better than the other person and you're landing loads of shots like there's nothing more exhilarating than landing loads of shots and seeing that they're going backwards and you're going forwards um, but at the same time, I love grabbing onto them and double-legging them and taking them down really hard and fast um, and doing ground and pound. Then my last fight, I got a submission and uh, I did. that was my first ever submission and I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did. But I got to land some ground and pound first and then I got the choke in and when she tapped, I was just so exhilarated that uh, I, I made her tap. So... Uh, I don't know. I guess the favorite, my favorite part is anything that's action packed. 
a hate a boring fight and if I'm standing there and it's like one for one and we're dilly dallying I'm utterly bored so I generally make something more exciting happen regardless even if it's not the right thing to do all the time I'll always make the fight exciting so I'm happy once things are going fast and furious like and you seem to be always training so like how many times a day would you train so I suppose the usual routine is every morning, get up, have breakfast, walk the dogs. So like, I'll just go out and walk first and that kind of loosens me up and gets me ready for the day. And that's like about 4K walk and then come back and then I go to Dublin. So head off in the car at nine o'clock and sometimes it's half seven if I have strength conditioning first. So Dublin is always 10 o'clock till 11, jiu-jitsu. So that's all the submissions and stuff. And then from 11 till half 12, it's MMA. So all the MMA techniques followed by rounds. So wrestling rounds, striking rounds, jiu-jitsu rounds, whatever the particular day is. And then back down to Mullingar um, for half one, chill out on the couch for a while and uh, go to the gym and start teaching in the evening. So I teach kids classes. And then usually at, seven six or seven i train then in our own gym with the with some of my students and with uh, my partner so he's my striking coach so i do strike and then the evenings uh, the only difference then is um some mornings i have strength conditioning on top of that and that's kind of it if i'm feeling really wrecked after sparring that day i won't do the evening session it just depends how how tired i am and then I take one day off a week, uh, which took me a long time just to do that because I used to just go straight through. But uh, it wasn't smart doing that because I felt I wasn't firing then the following week if I didn't get that day off. So that's kind of it. It's then two sessions in the morning, sometimes three. And then they're kind of back to back, though. And then it's that one easier session in the evening, the striking session uh, in our own gym. So, yeah, six days a week kind of thing. That uh, sounds like a hectic schedule, like just between all the traveling and stuff like that. Yeah, it would be great if I lived right beside the gym in Dublin, but I don't. And look, it is what it is. If I wanted to own a house in Dublin, I couldn't afford it. So we have a house here in Mullingar and we have the dogs and the gym. So it's just the way it is that I tra have to travel, you know, so you kind of pick what works for you and it's working fine. Don't get me wrong. If I had more money, I'd pay someone to drive me and I go to sleep in the back of the car. <laughs> Maybe in the future, get someone to do that for a job. We'll see. Um, <laughs> maybe if I become a world champion, like I don't know, you might get the yeah. money. If I could make a quarter of the money he made, then I think I could definitely afford to have a driver. <laughs> well, if you keep going the way you do, the way you are, you you might you might have that money. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, um, and like, what's it like having your? I haven't him as uh, one of your coaches, like. 
Yeah, so um, I met Alan when I'd already started uh, martial arts, so he's my fiancé now. I'd already had, I think, two fights when I met him, and uh, so he kind of stayed in the wings for the first year. He didn't, like, butt in or anything, and I kept working with other striking coaches. And I'd still be listening to, you know, things he'd be saying, or but he didn't, he didn't, like, impose himself on me or anything. And then after about a year, I realized, oh, he's actually really good. I kind of, even though I was going out with him, I wasn't going to risk whether he was good enough or not to teach me. Um, and after about a year, I realized, oh, geez, he, he, he really knows what he's doing because he fought pro Muay Thai, um, which is a, a form of kickboxing as such. And uh, he fought out in Thailand and everything. So I he started teaching me and it just made sense then that he became my striking coach and then we started sparring as well um so we did and it's it's good there's definitely days where we kill each other and uh, I go too hard is what he says I he goes easy then I go too hard and then he goes too hard and I get annoyed so uh, but I think he goes too hard first so that's always the argument um but look usually Seven times out of ten, we don't we don't argue when we spar, but there's a few mornings we do. If there's someone else with us, like I have a guy that takes photos of me and um, just for Instagram and stuff, and when he's there, he's a good mediator, so we never argue in front of him. But if he's he's not there, we kill each other. But it's like we're on good behaviour in front of him, so um, it, he's good to have. But the best thing about Alan is. It's not even just doing the, the, the training and the sparring together. It's that at home, he just does not stop talking about striking. So we wake up in the morning and he tells me, this fella did this and that fella did this thing. And I'll stop. Sometimes I have to tell him to stop uh, talking about it. So I feel like I've gotten better just because of listening about the different techniques and stuff and what works and what doesn't work. So um, that, that helps when you go home and you can't train because you're too tired, but someone beside you spending an hour talking to you about it or watching fights like we, we spend all day long watching fights. I don't think anyone would ever live with us because it's a pretty fight-driven house here. Sounds like I need a bit of a referee there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we'd be able to spar forever if we always had a referee. But when you don't have a referee, you can't control it. Um, I don't, I don't know where you get the referee though. Like, uh, <laughs> like, and I see you have teamed up with Ross Nutrition as well. Uh, yeah, I have heard good things about their products. Yeah, you know the funny thing is I use Ross Nutrition last two years and I was adamant I was going to get a bloody sponsorship with them and I seen some other lads from the gym were sponsored by them and they hadn't even turned pro they were only amateurs and I was like how was this that them lads have got this sponsorship before me and I was annoyed about it so I messaged and emailed and hounded them and then this year they've taken on loads of athletes loads and loads um, in the last six months and, um, you know, they're really push, pushing the brand. And finally, they emailed me back and said, oh, absolutely. Uh, we'd love to sponsor you. So 
I was delighted because I was paying every month for the stuff anyway. So you, when you get sponsored by someone, the best person you can get sponsored by is some stuff you already use, not stuff that you don't use. And now you're just going to randomly start using it because that doesn't make things cheaper. And um, anyway, since I've been sponsored, I tried out loads of different products then, not just the stuff I normally used. And um, I can't speak highly enough of them. You know, you can go on Amazon and buy cheap crap, cheap protein, cheap um, vitamins, whatever. You can get vitamins in Aldi for like two quid. But then there's really nothing in the, these products. Like, you know, you have to get proper quality stuff that's actually tested in a lab. And Ross Nutrition is class. Um, and in terms of the protein, I never used to be able to take protein shakes. They used to make me feel sick. And this is the only protein I've ever had that I can take every day. And I never feel sick. So it's worth, um, you know, it's worth the money. Uh, they're just really, really good company. So I hope they keep me. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to keep emailing them again. <laughs> no, I hear, I hear people like talking wonders about their gunpowder stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't use too much of the gunpowder because I'm already kind of like too on as it is. I, I drink a lot of Monster. So um, the gunpowder and the Monster together isn't a great combo. But uh, I, I, I will take it if I'm having a, a day where I need to wake up a bit. Um, but I take their, their protein, the creatine, the beta aniline. Uh, so anyone, any of your listeners that does uh, sport, you should be on. Um, creatine and beta-aniline um, especially if you're doing a sport that requires cardio you need the beta-aniline and then the creatine is for muscle performance and muscle recovery and um, they're like two really important supplements I'd advise people to take yeah um, so that's all uh, I, as I said I didn't want to keep it too long so yeah. I, I just want to say thank you very very much um, you're welcome I wish you all the best on the 25th of July and I have no doubt you'll get the submission or maybe not, but I have no doubt you'll win. Uh, so I'll just leave the last word to you. Brilliant. Thanks so much for having me on, Mark. I really appreciate it. And uh, you're flying with the podcast and everything. So keep doing what you're doing because uh, I, I love your content and I'm always watching what you're at on Instagram. So good work. Well done yourself. No so first of all I just want to say a big thank you to Danny for coming on um, I really enjoyed it and I have no doubt she'll do the business now come the 25th of July in Germany and I just want to wish her all the best of luck